to the Family New Podcast. host Hunter McGoy, once again joined by the hardest working man in all of podcasting, the one, the only, Mr. Adam Howe. Adam, how are you doing today? Hello, neighbor. How are you? Uh, as always, sir, living the COVID dream. Living how pumped are you dream. to almost be neighbors with me here in a matter of weeks? I don't know. My wife already hates wrestling enough as it is. She's going to hate it even more in just a matter of weeks. And that's, we haven't even been in the studio together in what, two months? Like, <laughs> well, the, the three, the illustrious and palatial 3MB studios is now my wife's office. So we don't have a studio anymore. Do we even have the closet anymore? Or is that gone? <laughs> no, she, she, she took that away from me too. Well, they just built that brand new Dairy Queen. Maybe that can be our new office. The head, 3MB headquarters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, as everyone, give us a follow on Twitter at 3MB Podcast. Give Adam a follow on Twitter at Adam Howell 3MB. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram at 3MB Pod. And I, I was looking at that the other day, and I'm like, man, why don't we post anything on our on the Instagram feed? I'm like, oh yeah, dipshit. There's no live wrestling to go to in the state of Ohio right now, so there's nothing for us to show. Yeah, I, I only promote like our episodes right now because like we're not going to rockstar we haven't been to rockstar we haven't been to revolver or anything it's kind of sad <laughs> it's really sad it's like, like uh, there's just a, there's just an in-your-face reminder that shit just sucks i don't know if you saw it i chuckled at the instagram though we have we had some i've never met this guy some fan who was like man that episode episode sounds really cool i'm definitely gonna check that out and I, my heart melted a little bit because that was very nice of that guy to say. That's say, man. That's all I want is just fan interaction. I don't care if it's one person a week. Yeah. Let, us know you're li- let us know you're listening. Well, call that's me an cool. Asshole. Yeah. Call me an asshole for my following statements. Um, this just in. Breaking news, Adam. Russians are bad. In case anyone didn't know that. The Russians are bad. Haven't they always, always kind of been bad, though? Yes, but for some reason, a group of people seemingly enjoy the support of Russian dictatorship mm-hmm. recently. Don't know why. You know, they, they put bounties on U.S. soldiers' head, and you get no comment. So that's fantastic. So question, like, for years now, you know, we've been mm-hmm. at odd, Russia, at odds, whatever. Can Americans, mm-hmm. like, go to Russia? Can we actually go there? Yes, like actually, a, no. Like, um, I they don't like buddy. us, though, right? Obviously. Well, I, the, the government might not, but the people do. Okay. Uh, I, I had a friend uh, go there, and he's like he said, it's a beautiful country. Like you just like the architecture and actually the colors of the buildings and just everything is it's it's gorgeous. But yeah, like um, you know, they the government doesn't like us. They like having puppets in our government, but they don't like us. Uh, but I digress. Um, and then actually, I um, one of the girls I work with is from Russia, and. It, you know, sidetrack here. And she used to, when she would go back home, she would come back and she would bring vodka from Russia. So we would have vodka tastings 
Does it taste like water? I've heard that. It it's it. I'm not a real vodka person anymore, but it was good. Does it hurt going down, or is it smooth? No, the one all the ones I tasted were pretty damn smooth. And then you know, then we got bought by a bigger company and had to actually go corporate, which <laughs> sucks. <laughs> but whatever. I think I said the thing about the bounties, which is insane like did they ever like, did they ever say what the bounties are for what did the soldiers apparently do i don't know the story they Since we're, dead, we're, we're for, a political podcast too now <laughs> hey we're a political podcast a tennis podcast a wrestling podcast soccer. a soccer podcast we've got all kinds of things um so no, we'll talk about movies it, come out soon was, you know <laughs> it was bounties on u.s soldiers heads kill a u.s soldier prove it and there's a bounty for you but just hey. because putin's a psycho that's all because he hates America, unless he has a puppet. But I digress. Oh, man. Uh, I say give us a follow, or our friends a follow on Twitter, who probably don't really care that I'm talking Russia. Uh, <laughs> the Ohio Wrestling Alliance, at Ohio Wrestling A1. Uh, our buddy Derek at Unsanctioned Pro on Twitter, at Unsanctioned Pro. And of course, at Indie Wrestling, I-N-D-I-E Wrestling, who just added another Lucha promotion to their library today. It's still just the best nine. Well, ten dollars even every month out of my bank account, and it, it's well worth it, even without live events, uh, except for the big two companies running live shows right now. Uh, since I and who knows we, for how much longer? <laughs> yeah, for reals, you know, uh, ten thousand cases yesterday in Florida, ten thousand the day before. But it's well, just here a in hoax. Ohio alone. There was what up a thousand or something today? Like Jesus. Right, <laughs> but, but 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 it's a hoax and can't make me wear no mask, man. Anyway, do you wear a mask when you go out? Let me ask you. Do you wear a mask when you go out? Of course. Like I like, am I out in public if I'm walking around and I'm outside? Mm-hmm. No. But if I let's say you go to Kroger or something, you wearing a mask? Yeah. Okay. Yes, and I and I, I laugh too. at everybody who I laugh at everybody who looks at me like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm keeping you and your child safe, asshole. It's not hard to do. Dude, listen, to this. before we get into our topic for the day, let me jump into this quick side story because we're a medical podcast, too, on top I of said, it. Well, <laughs> we have literally nothing to talk about today, so <laughs> talk about whatever the hell I you want. I took my boy about. to Children's yesterday for his, his appointment. You know, I was telling you about that off air. Children's is such on lockdown with masks. If too much of your face is showing in the sides, you cannot go in. Like, say you just have a cheap medical, those yellow or green ones you see. Mm-hmm. If it's not covering enough of your face to, and your cheekbones, they will not let you in. True okay, so story. let me ask, let me ask <laughs> this. You know, you, you're, you are a self-admitted bigger guy with a yes. big beard. Head and big how head, the f- yes. Well, I'll let you say that, not me. Yeah. Um, how the frack do you find a mask to cover your beard and face? Uh, let me give a shout out to our local correspondent, Chris, mm-hmm. and his family made mask, and they made me an extra, extra, extra large one. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Oh, I snap those regular cheap ones all the time. I snap them. <laughs> like, it's just, it's bad. Yeah. And the beer is not helping. If I shaved, I don't think it'd be a problem, but I can't afford racers right now, so it's not happening. <laughs> so, yeah. And- and it's not like you're, we're going anywhere, so who the fuck needs to shave anyway? And 
And let me tell you, when I went to that appointment yesterday, I made sure that thing was on, like, skin tight. Like, this thing is not moving <laughs> from my face. And when I pulled it off and looked in the mirror, you could just see the red lines everywhere. So it was great. And being in that appointment for six hours, you know, just suffocated my face. But. And uh, since we are a tennis podcast, I'm, uh, this week I'm going to give a shout-out to Carolina Muchova out of the Czech Republic. Just because. Oh, yeah. Um, we actually do have a topic this week that is wrestling related. Um, not much, I, and, and I guess that's probably good news that there's not much news to talk about in wrestling. Um, do you know what? Do you know her? Do you know her ranking, by the way? That you talked about her? She's fucking like 126 in the world or something. Uh, 344th. Okay, see, like it's like it's terrible. <laughs> She's probably not even like she's from Czechoslovakia and she's probably not even the top twenty in Czechoslovakia. But the best she's finished is like fourth in Wimbledon, I think is the best she's finished. <laughs> she's she's just over like a sixty percent singles performer and just over a fifty percent doubles performer. She's the John she's the John Cooper of tennis. If you guys know who that is at Ohio State football, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but anyway, she's she might be my new favorite tennis player. <laughs> um, On to our topic that we kind of have. Yep. Yeah, uh, so as I was saying, you know, uh, you know, this week, you know, no news is good news. You know, it, it seems like a lot of the um, speaking out movement was very effective and, and it's gotten rid of a lot of people. Um, keeping it super close to home. I know Adam and I talked about this, but it now appears that, um, Zach Wentz, uh, Kimberly, and 3MB show favorite, the BMA, the baddest man alive, Aaron Williams, are going to be um, taking charge and running the school. So I'm quite stoked for our guy Aaron. Uh, That's awesome. Yep, looking forward to see what they do. Um, That was literally announced about an hour before we started to record on this. I might have to text him, try to get him on the show about that one. Yeah, don't have much more to offer up and beyond that, but um, you know, karma does work itself out, and you know, hopefully, uh, good things continue to happen to good people. Um, anything from the you know the the quote unquote Great American Bash that's not really the Great American Bash or Fighter Fest that's not really Fighter Fest that stood out to you, sir? Um, you know, overall, both not bad shows overall for the circumstances once again um out of the two shows dexter loomis really stood out to me um i think that guy could be money one so day not never, not I, right not right now yeah, I don't, so i'm I, never I, a I, big I, sam right. shaw fan yeah. but man yeah. like i don't Either know in tna like, now yeah but like he's just like it's He's a like creepy me. SOB doing what he's yeah, doing, and, and it's it, working. And it just, it, yes, it just, it, it works, and it's working well. Um, and then, I like how the whole build-up with that, you know, Roger Strong was afraid to go in trunks the whole time. <laughs> um, that was really good. And, you know, like, look at that Fighter Fest. It was okay. Only thing I was shocked by me, and you know I me, mean, I'm a big Luchasaurus nut. But why would they have him and Jungle Boy beat Wardlow and MJF? That one kind of scratched my head a little bit. Because I'm not sure that Wardlow and MJF are uh, going to be a pair much longer. That that's just 
truly yeah. just my opinion. Um, and I'm sure it'll just be MJF angry at Wardlow, and then in two weeks it'll be forgotten and, and move on. Nothing to see here. Um, I think that, that, thing... did that surprise you though? Them going over? Because MJF no, was because right? I, I, I think we've defeated? talked about this before. Yes, MJF. Well, MJF didn't take the pin, so again, keep note of that. Yeah. Um, I just I'm. And, you know, I keep feeling it and I keep feeling it and nothing happens and nothing happens. But, man, I just I keep feeling it that just Jungle Boy is just going to be in line for a big push. And, you know, like if, if they like tell the story, world the title story, push or like TNT nope, title it, it, to me, to me, if they tell the story right. You have Jungle Boy beat MJF for the diamond ring. And oh, you know, yeah. it, it it doesn't have to be a title, and and let's let's face it, you know, we can be honest here. Does a loss hurt MJF in the least? No, not at all. Right. You, you so, pay to see him lose. You want to see him lose. Right, and so he loses, and he loses cleanly to Jungle Boy in the middle of the ring, and it costs him the 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 diamond ring. Like again, maybe that's just you know my fantasy book and pie in the sky thinking, and I'm just. Or are they gonna screw it up to where Wardlow costs him the ring, and there you go. I don't know. Um, what what do I know? I'm just a dumbass podcaster, so. Um, <laughs> I am excited to see uh, FTR next week. Yeah, so. I'm looking forward to that. Um, the I think the one takeaway for me, well, there's two. My girl Dakota Kai gets just hosed again, but happy to see Tegan Knox win that elimination match. And I'll keep saying it on a week in and week out basis. Tegan Knox is um, Captain Marvel inspired gear is just the best gear in wrestling on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and stay and, off Twitter, by the way. Apparently they're releasing spoilers from next week's episode already. I haven't read mm-hmm. them, but. Well, I, like, man, I trust me. I, I I hear spoilers on New Japan all the time. I still watch it, so it's 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 okay. Well, um, never mind. I just saw one. Well, that's embarrassing. I don't want to say. <laughs> I won't say. I, I won't say it till next week, though. Um, Unless you want to be bitch off when we announce it before the show even happened. Yeah, man. <laughs> we, uh, if people want to find spoilers that are out there, we're not going to be the ones who spoil shit for people. You find you want to find them, you'll find them. You don't want to, you don't have to. Mm. Um. Uh, then the weird thing for Fighter Fest for me is no titles changed hands. Now, is that a a foreboding sign for one Mr. Jonathan Moxley, or are we still in the boat of it's way too fucking early for Brian Cage to win that title? Or Brian <laughs> you, you, know, you, you know what I'm going to say. So he's he's the completely question. wrong fucking person to be the next champion, so I just, I just Moxley's it had it for how long now? Since February, January. When was when was Revolution? Yeah, it's been a February. While, yeah. yep. I don't the God. I don't want Brian Cage to win it at all. Right. But besides him, though, who else is gonna do it? You know, he's beaten like I would have picked Hager, but he beat Hager. He's beaten Jericho. He's beaten Brody. He's beaten all the heels. <laughs> so. Right. Unless they work in a heel turn for Moxley instead, and they kind of flip it, 
and he starts working with other guys. But yeah. I was thinking if anyone was to beat him, maybe MJF. But they're going a different direction with him now, it seems. Obviously, with Jungle Boy. So, all right. So do do Omega and Page lose next week then? I think so. Okay. See, I I I, I, I thought it was going to happen this week, um, but I. Because it's against yeah. what? Santana Ortiz, right? Uh, to their yeah. private yeah. party, right? Oh, sorry, private party, yeah. I think so. They've kind of slowly built private party into the next big thing. So I think this is like their coming out party with it, you know. I think this is really where you see either Omega turn on Page or Page turn on Omega. Whatever one that's going to be. It's going to be one of the two. I think it's going to be Kenny turning on Hangman to be really a switch on people. Yeah. Yeah, I can and, I can see that. And me booking in my head, hey, maybe this has you just maybe do Omega Moxley two, and Moxley and Omega beats Moxley, and then you got Hangman versus Omega for your title. Mind blown, fantasy booking on the fly. Um, I'd probably like your story much better than I would like. Because um... like Mox doesn't need a title. Mox is over just as being Mox. And with this whole COVID thing, he might be taking a break after all of this anyway. So, so very true. So, okay, let's let's fantasy book some more. Mm-hmm. Let's say Mox retains. Mm-hmm. Um, what would your thoughts be on a all-out main event or debut of? One man called Miro, aka the former Rusev. Oh, mm. see, I was looking at that until I saw EC3's tweet. I was like, damn. <laughs> um, you talking about like Rusev versus Moxley? Well, Miro or whatever. Miro, yes, yeah. yes. I would like that better than the way it's going now, personally. I think. Yet again, is that a guy that comes in on the first night that he has a real match and wins the belt? It brings the shock value. <laughs> but, and, and to me, but it, you instantly make him a star. Right. And I'm fine with that because Rusev could have been champion a couple of years, a few years back when right. John Cena days. Um, right. I wouldn't hate that. I mean, AEW is going to sign a lot of these guys. It also looks like Impact's going to sign a lot of these guys. Somehow, I can't believe Impact has the money to sign these free agents. But um, it's hard to say because, yet again, do you want to wait for a crowd to debut the rest of these people? That's the big thing. But now we don't know when crowds are going to be. <laughs> very, very you can't, true. You, you can't hide them forever. I mean, the, re- the Revolt, that's why FTR debuted pretty good without a crowd. But I think Rusev has that one people would go nuts for and want to do the Rusev Day chant just to be assholes. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't think they're going to boo him. They're not going to boo him when he debuts is the problem. He's going to try to be heel, I'm guessing, but he's not going to get booed. You have better well, chance with EC, EC3 as your heel than that. Well, who, and, we may not even still have crowds in August, so who knows? Um I hope but. he goes and gets a push. He deserves it. He absolutely deserves it. 
Absolutely. Um, all right, one last thing before we move on to our love for big sweaty men slapping meat. What are your thoughts on Guns and Gallows signing with Impact? My only thought is because the Don Callis connection is that's the only thing that would let them tour New Japan. Because AEW and New Japan aren't getting along right now, kind of. Um, and Don Callis worked for Impact for, what, four or five years. Like, I think that's the connection that's going to let Carl Anderson go to Japan still. So, good for them. It's a very, very limited schedule. And they're still going to – do you get to work indies when you work Impact? I think you do, right? Yeah, man. Didn't we see – you know, we, we saw half of the Impact roster at the Revolver show the one time. Well, I thought that because I was Sammy's thing and it being Sammy and Impact. Yeah, they're, but, they're allowed to be in independent gigs. They're just not allowed to be on TV. But what is Impact paying somebody is the question. Because <laughs> you were hearing again that they were having trouble sending checks out recently. So it's like, how are you able to sign free agents then? Because you got to admit, Carl Anderson and Gallus aren't going to be cheap. You know, unless they're paying them by a per, per, per how do you say that? Oh, per appearance pay so but i don't mind it i think gallows and Anderson versus the north could be really good you yeah, know that's it that's that's what i'm looking forward to and how about the i, I love the unlikely pairing of ken shamrock and sammy callahan by the way <laughs> are they gonna beat the north at same anniversary i know we'll have an episode about that but Dear Lord, I, 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 man. Would you be shocked? I wouldn't be shocked if they'd be. No, if they were to win the titles, I'd be floored, dude. I would, I would, that would be a baffling result to me. But who debuts that night from Impact? Out of all the free agents, who's going to show up? He Slater's made it official pretty much because Rhino already said it on TV. Uh, I mean, does Meyer, does Myers and Cordona? No, man, no. I, I, I think their friendship with Cody, or well, at least the artist formerly known as Zack Ryder, is is appears to be chummy with Cody. Um, so I, I would be like, I, man, I again beyond floored if 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 either guy showed up at Impact. And, and instead of AEW, um, I mean, he's Slater, sure. That I mean, that that that's fine. That that's you know, to me, that that. God, I I feel like a dick saying this, but that feels just like a that like feels like a good impact signing. He's a, he's a good enough name that people are going to go, oh hey, holy shit, that that's good. But it, it's not going to be a a needle mover of any sort whatsoever. Um, no, he'll and, sell t- he'll sell t-shirts though. Right, um, man. I don't know. I mean, fucking Rowan. Like you haven't heard a fucking word out of Eric Rowan. Because he doesn't need to fucking go be with Harper again. So I hope doesn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't. I don't need to see that at all. Right? I mean, but Eric. Eric was it? Eric Redbeard now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of Redbeard, he's a pretty big, big, beefy guy. I don't know if he's three hundred pounds. I like the transition there. 
I, I liked know, it. <laughs> like big sweaty men slapping meat to quote uh, one Mr. Big E Langston, who unfortunately is 285. Dude, you know how many wrestlers are in that 275 to 290 range? It's insane. Dude, if, 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 like, if they would have had, you know, just a little more weight to them, my list would probably be, like, 25 guys. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I ended up with 10 with two that last official weight was 299. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know both of them at one point were over 300 pounds in their career, but yeah, we're not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be that much of a stickler. I have some um, names on here that are gonna gonna surprise you. I think I have a few that will surprise you as well. Um, you want me to start it off? Well, I'm just gonna let me let me let me set the table here, sir, and then you can start eating. All right. Um, so as as I said on last week's episode, I wanted just to come up with a, I saw a, a good question on Reddit. You know, give some guys over 300 pounds that you find entertaining. And, and for me, it you know this one is just pure entertaining. Are they good in the ring? Are they good on the mic? Are they do this? Do, do, like good character, whatever, whatever, whatever. I just want, I picked for me guys that I just found fun. And, and my list is in no order except for my number one guy that I'm going to name out is my number one guy. The rest of my list, when I give it to you, will be in order of quote unquote official weight, which is, is it their shoot weight? Who knows? But we're, we're I'm going to go with the last accepted weight. So See, I went I went a wholly different approach here. I went guys okay. I enjoy, but they're also like an order of how good they were in the ring. So okay. they mine, hit mine the weight, just... but also how they were in the ring. <laughs> okay. So I you you are jumping at the bit, so I will let you start us off, sir. Uh there's a tie for number ten for me. I have one man gang slash Kane. As my number ten. Okay, um, I, I, I mean, I, oh, man, I can't, I can't quickly revise my list on the fly. Um, I will say that one of those guys is on my list. One of them is not. Um, so okay. since I'm, I'm going to give a spoiler here, um, it's not Kane. So why is Kane in your top ten? Well, like how you talked, we know I talked about it off air. We're in two different generations here. Um, I grew up, I'm a 90s kid. And in the 90s, there weren't really a ton ton of 300-pound guys that were still going in their prime. Kane weighed in at 305 in his prime. And I just think the character and... He's okay in the ring, had some decent views. I just think for, for the time period, he was one of the better big men around. around. And I had one man gang there just because that dude, uh, you know, for being, he was over four, wasn't he, at one point? I'm pretty sure. Um, um, since I haven't listened to here, 6'9, 450. Yeah. But he could, you know, do stuff off the middle rope and splash. So, yeah, I just couldn't figure out who to put there. So I put both of them down. All right. Um, for again, I'm just going to go with first. I'm going to go with my favorite big man, um, and, and like I say, the rest of mine are, are going to be by weight. Um, but debuted in 1986 out of the Monster Factory in New Jersey, six foot four inches, 390 pounds. At the time, and even when he was done, 
still one of the most graceful athletic big men in the history of the sport, one Mr. Bam Bam Bigelow. He was on my list, too. <laughs> and, like, to to show the, the sheer, I mean, I, I, I guess I don't know, um, awesomeness is the only thing I can think of. Mm-hmm. Is obviously in the you know when he debuted, uh, he wasn't on TV, but he actually ended up on MTV uh, Sports one time because of just how amazing he was for being close to 400 pounds, doing moon salts, doing cartwheels, doing handstand, like just shit you didn't see 400 pound guys doing back in 1986. Now it's kind of an everyday thing, um, but just I mean an amazing athlete carried Lawrence Taylor to one of the better WrestleMania events out of, you know, the first 10 WrestleManias. Um, mm-hmm. Just, and if I'm sure people have seen it. If not, I would say go back and watch RVD versus Bam Bam Bigelow and their ECW World TV title matches feud. Um, just some... That was, I would cool. say, the Taz, the Taz feud. Again, you see another, another good one, just well worth seeking out and watching so um just just my favorite big man um there's there's gonna be one later on down the list here that that, that's quickly creeping up um but yeah for me um bam bam bigelow is just my guy Uh, yeah he was on my list too especially because like he said the ecw stuff he had with uh he's part of the triple threat with douglas and candido and um, yeah, stuff with RVD. He made RVD look like a million bucks. Um, he had a couple of matches with Sabu, and he he was also known for being the guy to throw Spike Dudley into the audience of ECW show. Um, yeah, yeah, very and true. Totally, stuff, totally, totally forgot yeah. about that. But yes, very, very true. Um, and I went back just to research a little bit. I watched some in his All Japan days with another big man on my list. They had a very dominant tag team in All Japan for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, next guy on my list is the Big Boss Man. Uh, just that dude was also an agile guy on his feet, especially when he was a heavier set heel going against Hulk Hogan. Um, sold for Hogan like a million bucks. Uh, uh, just yeah, another really good hand to have, and never really jumped to that main event level, but was always a solid mid Carter. Had a, a solid team with our friend, the one man game, one man gang, aka Hakeem, the African Dream. Yeah, that was my next one on my list. See on yours? No, he is not. And uh, as you're talking about him, I'm looking at my list and thinking, would I replace any of my 10 guys with the big boss man? And um, I think my answer is going to be no. Um, you know, I, I echo your sentiments. A very good wrestler, great character as the big boss man. Um, except when he was doing the dog kennel match and killing Paul White's father again, but whatever. Um, for me, next on my list, six foot four, clocked in towards the end of his career and life, unfortunately, at 638 pounds. Um, I first became aware of him when he was Coquina Maximus. Most of you know him as Yokozuna. 
and just another one of those big, I mean, he wasn't Bam Bam Bigelow doing cartwheels and, and moonsaults, but for being 500 pounds when he was in the WWF, WWE, um, just, um, you know, just quick, like he surprised you how fast he was with some of his moves. And I, you know, just one of the few heels, even as champion, who won title matches clean. Yes, there was, you know, Fuji and the salt in the eyes and some of the bigger, you know, pay-per-view shows. But otherwise, um, he just like he would win clean and it was just an effective heel. Um, you know, obviously, Mr. Fuji being a great talker helped him out a bit. But you watch a Yokozuna match and you'll always be surprised on how quick and sudden and agile he was for being 500, 500 plus pounds. Well, he was next on my list. So (laughs) Um, it's funny, too, like watching all these shoot interviews is like, you know, hearing Taker talk about him and Nash. Um, He never hurt anybody in the ring either. They said he was one of the softest. Which is crazy to think about. Like he, he did that leg drop. That's 600 pounds coming down at you. And like Bret Hart said, he barely touched you doing it. You know, so mm-hmm. that just also shows how good of a worker he was. I would be terrified to take that bonsai drop, though. Let me tell you that. Yeah, much. man. Like I just, I would, like I would, in my head, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna have to go get, you know, a new set of ribs because my entire rib cage will be squashed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's cross that one out because that's next on mine. Let's get <laughs> in the uh, Noah family for the next one. Um, this guy was actually a mid-2000s guy. Really stood out to me because I thought he was really good and not appreciated enough from, like, the 2005, the 08 WWE Ruthless Aggression era. Um, my next one is Umaga. Or if you're William Regal, Umanga. Um, yes, I, I loved the end in there out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, Umaga is, I believe, Yoko's cousin. If I had the family history right. Um, Man, just say it's the Anoya family tree and it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good enough. <laughs> yeah. That guy, the stuff he did. If you haven't seen the Umaga match, go watch him against John Cena. And then watch him again against John Cena in the last man standing. That dude could work. Was it a silly gimmick, the savage Samoan? Probably. But like most of the Anoas, he could work. And work very, very well. Uh, um, he carried Batista in the WrestleMania match. Um, he carried Lashley in their match where... That ended up with Vince McMahon getting his head shaved. Um, yeah, silly gimmick, sure. But for that time period, one of the better monsters they had. And they had the crazy Cuban manager with them, Armando Estrada. It was a good pairing there for a couple of years. He got fired for, uh, I think, was not wanting to lose weight and take care of himself. So, and unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years back. But, yeah, he really stood out to me as a guy who could fly for being – he weighed in at 345. 
Yep. Top rope uh, moon or top rope uh, frog splash. Well, splashed frog splash. I don't think it was really a frog splash technically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Samoan spike just looked like a just a you know since he was a Samoan savage, I'm gonna say just a savage attack and just uh, totally agree with everything you said. Um, fucking quick, another super quick big man. Um, so yeah, not on not on my list, but ex- excellent, excellent choice. Um, for me, next one, um, just gonna say the name and height and weight, and, and that's it because there's nothing else that needs to be said. Andre the Giant, seven foot four, five hundred twenty pounds. If, if you're if you're building a wrestling Mount Rushmore, he has to be on there. It, it's as simple as that. Um, main event in every every city, every region, every state, every country, every continent, wherever you went, he was the main event. Made a shit ton of money for whoever was the promoter. And, and, and that's that. In the wrestling business, that's all you want. So Andre the Giant, end of story. Well, Adam, who you got next? Yeah, like we talked about off the air too, I wasn't able to really enjoy Andre like you did. I got colossal connection, Andre. Um, but I love watching old YouTube videos of Andre versus Hogan from Shea Stadium from those young Andre days where he could get suplexed and slammed. And watch Andre versus Stan Hansen in Japan and just be amazed. Mm-hmm. Um, you ready for my first surprise of the, the list? Fire um, away, sir. The next one for me is Scott Norton. Um, not the NWO or the Fire and Ice Scott Norton. I'm talking about the New Japan and Mexico Scott Norton. Um, if you don't know who Scott Norton was, he's a Minnesota guy. He trained with like the Road Warriors and all those guys the same time period. He was a guy who in Japan, he was a three-time IWGP champion, a two-time IWGP tag team champion with Hercules Hernandez, another good talent. Uh, I think they were called the Jurassic Powers, if I'm not mistaken. And Tony Helm, he won the G-Week tag league with Kiji Mutu, a.k.a. the Great Muda. He's been the super great tag league with Shinya Hashimoto. Do you think how you look? I wrote all these down, by the way, just in case someone tried to bite me back with that he wasn't good. Um, he was very, very good. Um, he was six foot four, 365 pounds, and had a power slam that could kill somebody, I think. Um, yeah, that was my next one. Just really good. Shoulders and a back you could show a movie on. If you want a good match, watch the Jurassic Powers versus the Steiners from New Japan. Um, Just so good. And their matches with Hayes and Muto as well. And they had like a three-month feud with the Hellraisers, which is Hawk and Power Warrior. Just... Very underrated worker right there. I'm going to say it. He's very underrated and not enough talked about him. All righty. For me, forget the number one, two, three, four. Give me five. Count to five if you ever got hit by the Atlantic City Avalanche from King Kong Bundy. Six foot four, 458. Um, Just again, another big man who's surprisingly quick. Um, got to main event WrestleMania 2 against Hulk Hogan in one of the 
a, a very well executed story as, as Bundy attacks Hogan after a match and, and breaks his ribs, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, to, to get to that main event. And of course they put him in a steel cage match, which you're just like, okay, we know Hogan's winning anyway, but why don't you make it more obvious? Um, and that was one of the ones where you got the introduction of the blue cage. Um, uh, before that, we, you know, we always had the traditional steel cage, uh, which is another guy anywhere he went was, you know, a main eventer, always just, a, again, you just look at him and, and he's an intimidating son of a bitch. Um, but just, uh, yeah, King Kong, Bundy, again, just watch the, watch the whole WrestleMania 2 feud build up and, and, and you'll see an effective worker. And then, of course, you know, the following year at WrestleMania 3, he elbow, elbow drops a midget, but hey. <laughs> he got the main event. He got to he got to main event at WrestleMania, and and not too many people can say that. So, um, King Kong Bundy, Bundy, but not Bundy. King Kong Bundy, um, uh, appreciation show one day maybe. I don't know. And but, he had uh, a hell of a run on Married with the Children, <laughs> beating Al Bundy's ass. Yes, which I just that that entertained me to know in that it was Al Bundy versus King Kong Bundy. But all right, anyway, all right, uh, Adam, who you got next? Stan the Lariat Hansen. Um, I know he wasn't my time period. My dad was a huge Stan Hansen fan and always showed me old videos, VHSs of him. Um, God, that guy was good. He was uh, he's 6'4", 321. I mean, has there been a better gaijing out of Japan than Stan the Lariat Hansen? I mean, no. (laughs) There's a a reason to this day that if you watch, you know, New Japan or or just any 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 Japanese wrestling, All Japan, Noah, Zero One, Big Japan, whatever, and and if you're listening to Japanese commentary and you hear somebody hit it, there's a reason you hear Larietto, and it's because of Stan Hansen making the Lariat just a vicious ass weapon. And it, it's it's it still resonates today. So um, excellent choice. Not on not, not on my list. Um, was one of those ones who was right there for me. Um, but um, I'm just like I have a stats written down here too. Um, he won the triple crown title of all Japan four times. This next stat baffles me. Unheard of in Japanese numbers. He was an eight-time tag team champion in all Japan. Twice with Terry Goldie, three with Tenru, one with Dan Spivey, one with Tibiazzi, and one with Gary Albright. And then he was a PDF, PWF tag team champion with Bruiser Brody, Tibiazzi, and Austin Idol. He's won the World's Strongest Tag Team Determination League six times, has won the Kurikan Hall Heavyweight Battle twice, and this next stat you'll get a kick out of. He was listed four times in the PWI all-time tag teams list, top 100 tag teams. Four different times he's on that list. That's pretty damn impressive. And, oh, yeah, he broke Bruno San Martino's neck. I'd say if he didn't include that, I would be, uh, I would be quite upset. Got most hated wrestler in 76, and he's the only guy in the history of wrestling – who can get away with telling a promotion to shove it and taking the belt 
outside to his ranch and running it over with his truck and mailing it back to the AWA. Dude's my hero. He told Vern Gagne to shove it and ran over the AWA world title. You can't make that up. And actually, the, I, I don't think it ended up back at Vern Gagne because I want to say it's zero one. Actually, still has that belt. <laughs> and they're using they're using it as their that. championship belt. Like you you I I was like, wait a minute, that big silver plate looks like the old AWA world title. And I did some digging. I was like, holy shit, it is. And yeah. so yeah, Stan apparently got pissed and like you said, ran it over. He wanted I can't blame him. He Vern wanted a percentage of his Japan fees. I would right. tell him to shove it too. <laughs> so and, I don't he he may have run it over and sent it to Vern, but somehow it ended up with zero uh, one. <laughs> I just laughed my ass off. And if you ever seen a more powerful team, go watch him and Bruiser Brody just beat up people in Japan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just they beat the holy snot out of people. The fun running is their best yeah, running <laughs> running through the crowds, terrifying the shit out of Japanese people. Yeah. Uh, next on my list, and we already talked about him, so I'm just going to uh, recap quickly and then hit my guy. Uh, One Gang Gang was next on my list, 6'9", 450, um, just for all the reasons Adam said. So since we already talked about him, um, I'm going to go with one Mr. Leon White. Most people know as Big Van Vader. Uh, 6'5", 450, like most everyone on my list, is just a big man that couldn't move. And you see a 450-pound man execute a pretty flawless moonsault. Your your jaw's going to drop. And then, of course, you know, most of the time it was the Vader bomb. Um, But just an an amazing talent. Um, Accolade after accolade. um, And and just... And it would have had a much better WWF career if it wasn't for Shawn Michaels being a fucking douche back in the day. He should have been world champion then. Again, if it wasn't for Shawn Michaels being a fucking douche. He was next on my list, too. (laughs) You know I'm a big Vader, Mark. He's definitely on my list. Well, then what do you have to say about Big Van Vader then, Adam? Um, He had a much better run overseas than he did in the u.s is that fair to say um oh absolutely yes i mean unfortunately there's a lot of guys like that i'm pretty sure in his first real big match in new japan he squashed anoki um within seconds that's pretty unheard of in the wrestling world especially in japan um like i said he he like we talked about a little bit ago him and bam bam had a hell of a tag team in Japan. Um, he gets a bad rap in the States because I think people are like, oh, he's dangerous. No, no, no. He didn't force Cactus Jack to take that bump on the concrete. The Nikita Koloff thing is a sad story, but like Vader overall... For his size was a very good, good um, wrestler, and like I said, he was he was one of the very few guys too, if I'm not mistaken, that won belts in all Japan and New Japan. I think I have that right. Um, 
because he's a triple crown champion twice, IWGP champion three times. Um, yeah, just really. I think he deserves more credit than he gets personally, but people like to shit all over him for some reason. Especially lately, look at those shoot, shoot interviews. No one has anything nice to say about him. It seems like so. <laughs> Fuck people, I guess, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. It may have been one of those guys behind the scenes used his size and status to try to intimidate people, and I don't know, maybe rub the people the wrong way. Like that, I could probably see. Mm-hmm. Um, my turn, uh, how, right? Uh, well, it depends on how many you got left because I have one, two, I have five. Wait, one, two, three, four. Yeah, I have five left. Well, we said a couple that I had on my list already. I had Bam Bam and I had Yoko. Okay. So, so I'm just kind of just skipping those. Um, for with that, I have I have three left with those two we haven't talked about already. Okay. So. Um, well, let me because I, I have a feeling my next guy is going to be one of your remaining three. Um, so man, let me skip that one because uh, um, so yeah, I'll skip that one and save that one for later because I know you're going to talk about him and I'm going to talk about him as well. But let's talk. Um, we're going to go super current here. I'm going to do two in a row. That way, you know, we can catch up and both have three left. Um, Keith Lee and our good buddy, um, friend of the show, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, Madman Fulton. Um, let me just hit Fulton here real quick first. Uh, just, uh, just another big guy who's quick, man. You look at him and it's over 300 pounds, 317, and just again. Vicious looking moves, quick in the ring, just does everything great. And Keith Lee, I think we've been a Keith Lee appreciation show for about the last two months now. Um, 6'2, 320, and moves like a dude who's 6'2, 220. Like you just watch him do his shit and you're just like, that guy shouldn't be doing that. But yet there he is. Um, and, 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 and I'm feeling it and I'm going to call it. In two weeks, or is it next week, whatever, two weeks, Keith Lee will be a dual champion. Yeah, so, I totally so, agree. Yeah. I mean, all right. So now, Adam, I'm going to flip it back over to you, sir. Oh, man. How do I top that? Um, I'll, just drop my next, I'll jump my next one because I'm sure we're going to talk about him anyways. Nope. These next three, these next two. I have one big that I'm going to save for last because I think he's my all-time favorite big. These next two are the runner-up. Um, the first one is, obviously, we, take, we did a whole show about him last week. It's The Undertaker. Um, I don't need to say see, much about him. Yep, like, see, I had a, I, like the last weight I saw listed officially was 299, and I'm like, bullshit, because I know he's over 300 pounds. Oh, so like, look at look at Ministry Taker. That dude had a right. Jack Daniels gut if I've ever even, seen one. He even said he was over 300 pounds, and I was just like, uh, all right, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna stick to my rules, but yes, yeah. obviously we we you know yeah we talked about them and and we'll all so can talk I just about can I just jump into my next one then? Sure, absolutely. Um, my next runner-up before my number one is the yet again. There weren't a lot of bigs in the '90s. You had the Shawn Michaels, the Bret Hart's, and those guys. Um, the Big Show, aka Paul White, aka the Giant, kind of came in in '95 and changed the biz a little bit with that. Um, Early giant days were much better than what you see now and before. Um, young, skinny, skinniest giant, when I say skinny, what, 400 pounds, um, could do top rope drop kicks and 
choke slam somebody through the rafters. I felt like, um, yeah, I just for the time period, like he probably the. I'm just sad to say because of he, he didn't have a lot of great matches, but he's probably the best big from like that '95 to 2005 period, probably. Like big, we're talking like size. Like he's probably the best one to come out of that. See on your list? Mm, um, no, he he wasn't like. Um, I'm I'm gonna steal a line from uh, our buddy uh, Trent Beretta. Um, you know, one of one of his jokes uh, back in the day. Um, Paul White just strikes me as a dick in real life, and and I got no fucking patience or, or time for that. Um, so yeah, no, he he's not on my list just because I I I, I just no, not on my list at all. Is 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 he a Hall of Famer for WWE? Of oh, fucking course, uh, but just just not a guy for me. Um. All right, since Adam's down to one guy, let me get down to one guy here real quickly. Um, 6'2", 305 pounds, formerly known as Hanson, formerly known as War Space Beard Hanson, formerly known as Warbeard, one word Hanson, now known as Ivar. Um, again, just another, like I didn't realize, subconsciously I didn't realize how much I had quick Agile bigman on my list, but I must like big sweaty men who can move fast. Um, love War Raiders. Talked about War Raiders, Viking Raiders many, many times. Uh, got to have a great chat about the War Raiders when we uh, had a chance to sit down with uh, the Beer City Bruiser. Um, oh, just both guys. And, and this is one of those ones where, you know, it, it seems like inside and outside the ring, they're just good dudes and with ray Rowe being 250 he can't be on this list but hansen can be and ray ray rose only 250 uh 255 was the quote unquote, oh. shoot shoot weight um so um and, and but when you look at him like if you said okay one's three 305 the other's 255 you'd be like okay yeah that dude's 305 that dude's 255 so it, it, to me mm. it's 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 um pretty damn believable and then tipping the scales at exactly 300 pounds. We, we know my love for him. We, I've talked about him many, 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 many times. The nickname again, Bam Bam, but this time it's Terry Gordy. That um, is my number one. Just go ahead and say it now. Holy shit, dude. I saved my last guy because I thought he was your number one, and I didn't think it was this. Nope, he's my number one. Man, you're going to punch me when I tell you then who I skipped thinking he was your number one. Um, I, I Well, I'll go with it since I skipped him earlier. Um, a, being the fan of Impact Wrestling that you were, um, Abyss. Damn it. Yeah. he. <laughs> okay. With him, yeah, he was on my list. But with him, I didn't know where to put him. Didn't know where to put him to put him so i left him off i was going by all time like i don't know i didn't do more current for a reason i guess i kind of went legends with that but yes if i had to pick current yeah absolutely it'd be abyss 100 percent. but just the, the the black hole slam like i mean i know he didn't invent it 
But he definitely just, made it money, though. Yeah, uh, man, you just watch him do it, and like it just it's, you know, and 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 and, and we're gonna dis- dismiss this from the record when I say this out loud. But Baron Corbin makes it look close, and then you watch Abyss do it, and you're like, yeah, okay, that's how you're supposed to do it. And um, he had the other move. I forget the. Let me look at the name of it. The, where he had him the shot rack. Yeah, the he just dropped him. Like God, look like it hurt like a mother effort. But yes, I, in my opinion, here again, my opinion, Abyss is the greatest thing to come out. One hundred percent, the greatest thing to come out of TNA. Shut your ass, dude. It's AJ Styles or Christopher Daniels. Come uh, on now. Okay, eat balls, man. Like I tell you, it's my opinion. Yes, AJ Styles is fantastic, but AJ Styles got way better in Japan. Christopher Daniels got way better in Ring of Honor. You can't deny either of those things. No, that's a very fair point. Yes, I, I, I I'm going to cut about. out that eat balls comment because I don't want to get a hate tweet or a mean tweet. But <laughs> well, like... <laughs> it was directed at me, and I'm not offended. So anyone's offended, fuck you. Yeah. Um. I'm just saying, pure TNA. He went from TNA to nothing afterwards. He is the best thing to come. 100%. So, okay, so if yeah, you were to say the AJ best. AJ Styles getting the TNA. run in WWE he is right now without his run in New Japan. Hell no. Hell no. I, I, I think you're right then. I, I, I can agree absolutely that he is the best impact wrestling creation slash performer slash whatever you want to say. All right. So you had Terry Gordy as your number one, and we know I've talked about him ad nauseum. So you give me why Terry Gordy is number one on your list. Um, Just for the fact that he was like 330 and could move like a cruiserweight, especially young Terry Gordy. Um, Terry Gordy before the brain was an aneurysm stroke, whatever he hit, seizure, whatever he had happened to him, was a shell of himself. Early Terry Gordy was an impressive specimen, I'm going to say. Um, even his singles run in Mid-South could be talked about, should be talked about more in this Freebird run. And... Like you said before, too, his miracle violence stuff should be talked about more, too. It's just not because when you hear Terry Gordy, you think the free. Terry Gordy was much more than the Freebirds, in my again, my opinion. Um, he's another, what they call him, Gaijings in Japan, that was probably well-known more there some days than the United States. Absolutely. Um you know, we we talked about quite a few of these, and most of these guys were absolutely embraced in Japan and and loved, and are to this day are still beloved in Japan. Um, so absolutely cannot knock that. How is um, there not an action figure of Terry Gordy anywhere? All these, but all these <laughs> because Mattel he's not the most aesthetically pleasing looking guy. I guess I don't know. But they made Big Daddy V. I just went through the latest Mattel Elite droppings. I was just thinking, like, they got these all wrong. (laughs) There wasn't ever a a Freebirds three-pack? Nope. There was a Michael Hayes in the classic realm. Remember the classic figures? Mm -hmm. But 
he was not. There was never a trio. How do you not put that in the treacherous trio pack, Jax? Come on. Uh, good question. <laughs> All right. So if you want to so go to Japan guys, and buy one, you get one in Japan, but you can't get one here. Yeah. Um, so we, we talked about Undertaker for me. Uh, it was just outside based on the, again, last official shoot weight. Um, another one who was listed at 299, but we both know was well over 300 pounds. And again, fits my big, quick, athletic big man thing. Uh, Mr. Bray Wyatt, just another guy who you just know is over 300 pounds. May not be now, but early days of nah, the, Bray uh, lost, the Wyatt Bray thing. lost some weight. <laughs> yeah, early days of the Wyatt family. He was definitely over three bills. Um, Would you, uh, I had Mark Henry on my maybe list. Would you put Mark Henry up there? Bitch. Yes, I would. Absolutely. He would absolutely be in my top 10. Have especially to like, that. especially like Hall of Pain, Mark Henry, yeah, with man. the few with Cena um, and Orton. Yeah. Madman, Madman Fulton, again, like you, appreciate you. But um, yeah, he would, he, Fulton would be knocked off my list. And, and Mark Henry would absolutely be in there. Great call. I can't believe I missed him. Um, and, and I guess if we're talking like current guys, especially on the indies, I gotta give a shout out to my boy AC Baby, Ace Romero. Um, Ace Romero, for those of you who aren't paying attention, is dropping some pounds. He's dropping some weight. Good. And yeah. what would you? I would. I give a shout out to like Larry D. Like these guys are big dudes on the indies who are making names for themselves now. Are both signed with Impact. And props to those guys, you know. So, but yeah, Mark yeah. Henry should have been on my list. I just couldn't find where. And good and, call with the fucking abyss thing, man. Good call. And a, a shout out to a man 6'3", 285. I wish it was three hundred pounds because I would have put him on my list too. One, Mr. Big E Langston, just because. He's early Big, Big E, e wasn't three hundred pounds. I I would have looked. He that probably up. was like if you yeah. go back to watch shows. They probably built him as three hundred pounds, but you know, like again, the, right the, now when he debuted managing Ziggler, I'm like, oh yeah, he could be three bills. Oh, he probably was three bills, but you know, just again, you know, shoot weight is listed at two eighty five. Real weight, who knows? But um, I just have to give the love to some to Big E. Another one I had on my list. He was two ninety. He was two ninety, but he's a dickhead was uh bradshaw yeah even if even if he was 300 pounds wouldn't be on my list just because just for that reason you know i can't put put paul white on my list because he's a dick in real life i'm not gonna put bradshaw on my list because he's a dick and the last honorable mention before we you know get out of here is yep is ron simmons was up there too for me he was was gonna say he was right around that range and i'm sure at some points during you know, at some point during the Alkalites, he was definitely over three bills. When they were drinking beer every week, you know they puffed <laughs> up a little bit. Because you know that wasn't water in those cans. Oh, no. Um, so, yeah, absolutely agree with that. Um, so this was fun. I, I like this one. This was fun. Um, so we'll have, to, we'll have to figure something else out for next week. Um, and, and, and fair warning that real life may intervene on shows here over the next few weeks. Um, I know that it will break everyone's heart with all the news that's happening in professional wrestling at the moment. I laugh. Um, but we'll definitely keep in touch. I ask you give us a follow on Twitter at 3MB Podcast. Give Adam a follow on Twitter at Adam Howell3MB. Check us out on Instagram at 3MB Pod. You know, um, 
I, I didn't write down my list of things to say uh, other than Russians are bad. Science Be nice to everybody. Good. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Well, I'm going to end on that one. That's my farewell note. Um, um, I don't know if the Earth is still around. Adam's a good dude. Trust in Phil. And to quote the legendary Bill and Ted, as he starts off our show with, be excellent to each other. <laughs>